This is a News Laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Hafta, episode 45. I'm Abhinandan Sekri. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Today we have a guest from Chandigarh who before I introduce, I will plug our usual slogan when corporations pay corporations are served, when the public pays public is served. Pay to keep news free, support independent media, go to newslaundry.com, click on I pay to keep news free and subscribe. And if you subscribe between Diwali and Christmas, that is these few weeks, you will also get a copy of Amar Bari Nakshal Bari free with one of the packages. Also, uh, you can check out our other podcast, Global Summits, where are we going in collaboration with Biraj Swain. In that podcast, we cut through the jargon and break down development summits for you with experts and commentators from around the world. Now, uh, let's just introduce uh, our guest. Our guest is Kamar Sandhu. Uh, welcome, Mr. Sandhu. Thank you very much. I'll just introduce you to our audiences. You're joining us on the phone from Chandigarh. You've been a veteran journalist. Uh, you've been the resident editor of Indian Express and Hindustan Times in Chandigarh for six and nine years, respectively. You used to host a show on Doordarshan. And later, you were the driving force behind Day and Night News Channel as its director and managing editor. Then you joined the Tribune as its executive editor in 2013. And after a brief stint there, you set up the Free Media Initiative. And you have also made a documentary called Operation Blue Star, The Untold Story. And your latest cover story, which is in the Outlook, is on a 56-year-old policeman, former policeman, retired now, I guess. Not retired, but I think... Dismissed, is that correct? Dismissed? That's right, dismissed. Who spills the beans on um, his encounters. So let's just start off with your story before we discuss all that happened in the news this week. Um, I'll just tell the audience, it's about a gentleman, well, gentleman in, in a manner of speaking, I guess, Gurmeet Singh Pinky. He is what you call an encounter specialist. He killed many militants at the height of militancy. I read your story, it's quite chilling. Um, just tell us about how you got him to speak. Uh, what do you make of it? Well, I, uh, uh, I mean, and then I have been covering Punjab for the last couple of years, Punjab and Kashmir, uh, starting uh, from my earlier days with Indian Express, and then I was with India Today. So, uh, you know, while uh, we learnt about a lot of excesses by the the militants, uh, uh, you know, both in Punjab and other places. Uh, we often heard about certain excesses by the police persons uh, and other security personnel. Right. Uh, but however, these details never really uh, came out uh, in, in great detail. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I noticed that uh, some of this continued to rankle, and uh, that is one reason why, you know, there is a certain amount of resentment all around, uh, particularly in the Punjabi diaspora, the sex diaspora abroad. So, uh, you know, when I met this gentleman, uh, this is a couple, about six months ago, uh, you know, he had served a, death, uh, a, a life sentence and he had just come out for the, of uh, having spent about eight to ten years in the prison. So he didn't, then he was he didn't, he didn't serve the full life odd, sentence. Then. You know, which meant that he was quite influential. And then within days of his reinstatement, he was thrown out again. Obviously, he was very hurt. So when I met him, you know, I noticed that he was wanting to speak out. And then when he spoke out, he spoke out like hell. And, you know, he gave out kind of details which are very, very, as you rightly put it, chilling. Hmm. And uh, quite an eye-opener. One can't imagine. I mean, I knew that a lot some excesses had taken place, but I couldn't imagine that excesses of this kind had taken place. That right. people were uh, people were actually uh, uh, shot in, uh, in police stations. Uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, kept in custody not for days or weeks, for months and even in some cases years, one, one year or two years. 
so these are the kind of details which came out and you know a lot of other things uh, came out They so right now are you a freelancer if i may just cut in mr sandhu are you a freelancer right now no 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 i'm a, i actually set up a, i've set up a production house uh, it's called uh, uh, you know the free media and hmm. i uh, uh, freelanced for this story hmm. but otherwise a lot of our work is on the on the youtube uh, you know we we do tv programming and tv news i see maybe we should do something together so sure, uh, before sure. i Absolutely. let others ask some questions i had one uh, particular question and um, i also asked this because um, former journalist of well he's uh, i guess he's still a journalist but he was with an, with ndtv kishlai bhattacharji he wrote a book called blood on my hands and he also spoke about some chilling um, uh, you know details he had about encounters in assam and the northeast yeah yeah and i mean i heard you know all that he had on record and it created no ripple in mainstream or in big media uh, how has your story been received i mean one would think that something like this would shake the police force but does it even cause a ripple oh yes it has caused more than a, more than a ripple uh, there is no reaction from the from the police as such but i think uh, you know the the whole police force is absolutely unnerved uh various political parties are active yesterday this matter got raised in in the parliament uh and uh, the reason for this is that uh, this this guy was uh, not a not an ordinary uh, not an ordinary uh, person uh in fact he um uh, was involved in the arrest or the killing of uh, many top uh, uh, terrorists uh, in punjab you know people like sukhdev singh babbar harkeval singh saraba who was uh, killed in uh, calcutta then there was a guy called rana pratap who was killed in bombay at antop hill which also finds mention in one of the films there uh, aptak chappan uh, right, then yes. he was uh, involved in the arrest of people like jigtar singh hawara and diljit singh bittu which are the top idlogs of so this guy was no ordinary guy and uh, he was the blue eyed boy of some of the ssps uh, at that time and now those people are in in the dgp rank Uh, so right. that is why this guy becomes extremely important i mean you will be surprised that even uh, as a dismissed person uh, this guy uh, still has a police escort wow okay kamar uh, 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 can i ask you something yeah that um, kps gill has been lauded and criticized um, by separate separate factions yeah one for resolving punjab and the other for what you what your story is about right do you think punjab the punjab uh, violence could have been resolved in any other way than the methods that kps gill used uh, interesting uh, is that madhu yes yeah. yes madhu i think it could have been resolved you see i remember i you know you were doing news track in those days and i remember working for india today i also did some programming for news track now we've had various people involved in in the in handling of punjab we've had uh, julio rivero we've had kps gill we also had an officer called chamanlal now here is this officer who came from i think he was from the madhya pradesh cadre very uh, uh, you know harsh in his methods yet very humane you know in the sense that he would not resort to these kind of uh, methods uh, if a terrorist is arrested he would uh, he would uh, have him in police custody interrogate him and then put him in the jail and then work on the case against the man you see the problem with a lot of people is that they don't work on the the uh, the prosecution cases and then they complain that these guys are let out later so they choose the easy way out that you know when somebody is arrested then let's let's kill him eliminate him so i think we've had people but i guess they don't uh, do a job like as thorough as 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 the salman khan for example 
who worked, uh, operated by the law, uh, and uh, and uh, got good results. Yeah, but I think, I, th I, think, I think at that time... I often argued with Mr. K.P.S. Gill. I think he was a man in a hurry. Yeah, and the thing was that in Punjab, uh, I remember during that period, every young sick man was always afraid to be traveling in a bus or on a, a motorcycle or whatever because they would just... Any young sick uh, man would be just pulled by the police and searched and roughed up and that kind of... I know a couple of friends to whom it happened who were traveling by bus. Uh, and I think the fear element, a fear element was huge at that time. Right. Yes, in fact, some people uh, just got away. They were lucky to get away. I still remember I was in Amritsar, and uh, there was a there was a person, uh, a cop who was an SP rank officer, and he, uh, when I went to, to meet him in the office, he was going out on uh, on some kind of a, a recce, and I decided to go along with him. And on the way, we suddenly, you know, we were in the jeep, and uh, you know, the, obviously the police escort and everything. You know, there was big bandobas there. I think eight or ten armed people with us. And we suddenly noticed a guy going on a bicycle. And seeing the police vehicle, he started running. Uh, he started, uh, you know, he was on a bicycle, so he speeded up uh, the bicycle. Hmm. Uh, so this guy, they, I remember this SP giving instructions that chase this guy. I think he's, uh, he's on the run. He's trying to run away. And uh, so after a little bit of a chase, he, uh, you know, he let, the, let go of the bicycle and ran across the fields. And I remember this guy uh, telling his police guy that if you don't get him, uh, kill Shoot him. him. So I cautioned him. I said, let's try and catch him. I, here's a guy and we're about eight, ten people. Why are you trying to kill him? And finally they caught him. And uh, what had happened was that he was a petty thief who uh, was involved in some kind of a robbery the previous night. And he thought the police had come to get him. And, you know, when they caught him, uh, they were still very angry with him. They started beating him up, and uh, he couldn't, uh, you know, explain what his name was. They were asking what his name was, and he couldn't explain his name. And I remember the, the, the cops saying that, why don't we just do away with him? I said, no, please don't. I, you know, I, there's a journalist with you. I'm going to write about it. Hmm. And finally it came out that the boy was deaf and dumb. He couldn't speak, and that's why oh. he, he couldn't give his oh, name. Oh, dear. So I remember, I think, I, th I thought I saved a life that day. Right. Anand, so Anand, you were saying... Trigger happy, uh, the police was... Yeah, Mr. Sandhu, Anand had a question. Uh, hi, Mr. Sandhu. Uh, first of all, I, let me compliment you on this very detailed uh, investigative story that you've done. Uh, you. But I just, I was wondering whether uh, Outlook or you tried to get the comments of uh, Mr. K.P.S. Gill or Mr. Julio Ribeiro on this story? Uh, I think they had, uh, Outlook had uh, approached Mr. Ribeiro for an opinion piece. And I, he said he was busy in something else. Uh, K.P.S. Gill uh, uh, has written an opinion piece on this. But when I was working on this uh, story, see, I started work on this story in, in July. I think 6th or 7th is the first time I met this guy. That's the first interview. And I did a series of interviews, seven or eight interviews. In September, I met Mr. Gill and I interviewed him. I also do some programming for one of the channels. And I interviewed him for that channel. And I used excerpts from that interview in this report also. Then yeah. I asked him about a couple of things. And uh, I asked him about excesses, and I asked him about some of the people having committed excesses and uh, whether they had done it on the orders of the seniors, as this guy is alleging, Gurmeet Singh Pinky is alleging. So KPS Gill, uh, very clearly, he said, well, we haven't asked people to kill any, any, anybody. I mean, if they've done it, they've done it on their own. And uh, he also said that uh, the, the, the anti-terrorist campaign in Punjab was perhaps the most humane in the world. Oh, oh. And we've quoted him in that. He said the, the most humane in the world. I see. Okay. But Kamar, uh, uh, did, did you find KPS Gill, uh, did you find that he has, feels like he's been victimized? 
instead of being getting the uh, awards and rewards that he should have gotten? Uh, Madhu, I think it's the other way around. You know, I think he's got away with a lot. No, he has got away with a lot, but he Does sees. Does he feel? My question is how he feels because every time he writes and speaks, he behaves like he's the victim. I remember in the interview, I asked him. I said, uh, you know, are you hurt that people junior to you have got governorships and you haven't got it and all that? He, of course, said no. Uh, I think he 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 does feel victimized. Yes. Although I would think that has more to do with his. Uh, you know, whatever patting of ladies' bottom or something at a party, then it has to do with anything else. Uh, yeah, that that entire case yeah. kind of discredited him. Sorry, Manisha, you were saying. No, I was just. Um, I wanted to ask you that um, Gurmeet Singh Pinky, who you've described as a encounter uh, killer cop on your story, he, he appears to be like a disgruntled man. He's essentially unhappy with the forces because he took on blame for a murder, for which he thought he'd be bailed out, but he wasn't. Yes. Um, so, as a journalist, when you were interviewing him, did you ever wonder? I mean, how much of what he was saying was true and how much of it was just because he was angry and he wanted, you know, I mean, did you have like trust issues? How yeah, did you... I was, there was a conflict of uh, interest when I started doing this story because I was, I was fully aware, Manisha, that I was talking to a guy who is a, who, who is a murder convict. I'm talking to a guy who is dismissed. I'm talking to a guy who is disgruntled. Uh, so what I, uh, you know, if you notice, uh, the story uh, developed over a period of time. So one, what I was doing is that whatever he was saying, I was trying to check with other people, which I did. You see, when he's saying that we picked up so-and-so from such-and-such such place and, you know, the family doesn't know he's, he's not living. So I went back to the family. We did this for at least in about half a dozen cases. And the family confirmed that, yes, we don't know. We're still looking for him. Uh, do you have any information? In some cases, they said, if you have information, please tell us. Mm. So I, and then in, uh, in at least two cases, I checked up with the other people he was naming. <laughs> Now, these people were afraid like hell. They said, please don't name us. But yes, all this is true. Okay. So, so this, is, this is how, uh, you know, finally I thought I could go with it. Yeah, Anand has something yeah, to say. <clears throat> In your story, uh, Mr. Sandhu, one thing that actually kind of was equally chilling was uh, when you mentioned the, uh, is it the Sarbat Khalsa resolution in 1983? Is it... Um, uh, was it in 1983? I, I, I think 86. 86. And you mentioned that in 2015, they've actually reaffirmed that uh, right. uh, resolution. So what are your views? I mean, are we going back to something which, you know, we thought we've all escaped and the, the scariest thing imaginable? No, I don't think so. I think the two situations are different. And all those who have reiterated the resolution, I think, haven't learned the lessons. Mm -hmm. You see, when they, when they went ahead with that resolution in 1986, uh, you know, it did a lot of damage because that is when, you know, the terrorism actually started big time after that. Right. You know, till, till about that time, there was basically the alienation over Operation Blue Star. And after that, you know, the, you know once you, you made the, some of those people who were wanted as jathidars and all that, then it gave a kind of a legitimacy to those people. Uh, so I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, the Sarbat Khalsa was uh, the gathering. It's a, it was a huge gathering of anything from 1.5 lakh to about 2.5 lakh. Uh, it was actually a reaction against uh, the, the, the governance, the lack of gov proper governance of uh, the SAD BJP in Punjab. But some of these resolutions actually just took the whole thing away from, uh, from it, and uh, it finally ended up being just a gathering of uh, a, a small group of people who were disgruntled and who were basically separatists. So I think, uh, you know, in their effort to reiterate, uh, you know, whatever resolutions were passed in 86, I think they perhaps, in their own words, uh, within course, undid whatever uh, the, the resentment against the, the Punjab government, uh, present Punjab government was. Okay. Kanwar, what well, would we, you say we'll... is the situation now in Punjab? 
Is there a danger of militancy uh, coming up again? No, I think, Madhudi, uh, people are uh, wiser now. I don't think, uh, you know, that would happen. Uh, now there are other means to protest. Uh, they think that, you know, now the social media is very active. I, I must say here that, you know, uh, the, the, the basic response, even on this story, on the, on the social media. And I think uh, if all these things did not come out all these years, I think it was a failure of the mainstream media, failure of all of us. What about the drug situation? The drug situation is very alarming. But that's become big time in most media. I mean, one reads about it. I mean, every channel, every publication has highlighted that. Mr. Sandhana, we'll be discussing, you know, a whole lot of stuff that was covered by big media over the last, you know, week. And please give your views, whatever you feel about these issues, how they were covered, how they were not. Uh, let's start with the National Herald case, Madhu. Uh, did you see the report on it? What do you think? Would I, Okay, there's a question, because I think it wouldn't. Had the UPA been in power, would they have had primetime debates on the National Herald case? I don't think they would have. They didn't, in fact. When yep. the case came up, the, it's not the first time it's come up. The case came, when the case came up, they didn't, ha didn't have them. And so there's a certain element of proof of self-censorship. That's point number one. And secondly, I think the situation is rather odd because while the courts are taking their decisions as they move along in the case, I cannot see why this issue has to be brought up in Parliament. Hmm. What is the connection? It is yeah. not a parliamentary issue if there's a case going on against two people belonging to another political party or the opposition. And they were hard-pressed to defend it even in primetime debates, you know, Ashwini Kumar and all, when they were saying that, why are you bring it around parliament? He says, this shows a culture of intolerance. It was, it's so lame. And you know what, I think what this demonstrated was that they keep saying bhakt to Modi's bhakts and all that. There is no breed of animal or dog is more loyal than Congress slaves, then Congress slaves, whether they belong to the Congress party or not, to the Gandhis. I, I was shocked. No, I was more shocked by her statement of... Uh, <coughs> uh, don't you know who I am? Like, I am the daughter-in-law of Indira Gandhi. Hell yeah, so... There was yeah. a lovely art, uh, cartoon on that. Yeah, yeah, but then tell me, what does that have to do with the case? Did anyone ask you how you're related to whom? And the ultimate, I think it's a great slice of their thinking because they have obviously not moved away from 1977. Mm, the feudal because system. the feudal entitlement that I am a Gandhi, so I am brave. No, you're not. What? What do you think, Anand? Would it have been covered as much? Uh, I, I what did you think know, of the coverage? Possibly, uh, I mean, uh, it's difficult to say because, uh, I mean, uh, it, it is only now that the court has said, yes, it is fit for hearing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, uh, uh, and plus I wasn't on Twitter in 2012 when the case <laughs> came up. But, I mean, this thing about, yeah, it's quite possible that the media, you know... Uh, it's not only not in 2012, have... it's come up during the UPA time also. During the UPA A couple of times there were issues. It's been covered. But it is clearly uh, a court case. Yep. And, I mean, it is not, it is ridiculous to say that it is uh, based on vendetta. And plus, if I'm not Are mistaken... Even if it is, parliament se na? And not only that, I, the, the whole point is, it can be vendetta, you can file a court case. But the moment the court takes jurisdiction of that, seizes, as I say, then it, it is irrelevant whoever approached the court. And in fact, there is a Supreme Court judgment on this, 
uh, on a civil servant, I forget the, the name, and, and uh, Dr. Subramanian Swami keeps on quoting this judgment as to why should, uh, you know, somebody, anybody is free to approach the court. Yeah, uh, either and what on the parties are saying actually Although, amounts to contempt of court. Because if they're saying it's vendetta, it shows that the courts are manipulable. Although I, I do think, I mean, I've um, seen some of the interviews on this. You know, you're right, and some of the journalists also, they go into line of questioning, but haven't you been after them for... Yeah, know, uh, 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 Karan I was watching it interview with yeah. you, That's also. like asking, have you stopped beating your wife? No, no but even if he's going after them, if you're spending eight minutes on that, it's irrelevant. Let's hear about the case, that's the problem. Manisha, hmm. what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there weren't any primetime debates when the first the case first came up. But apparently the Congress was up till 3 o'clock uh, before they disrupted oh, the parliament, strategizing and thinking. How hard for them. <laughs> but what strategies they come up with? The next day Sonia Gandhi comes and gives this bite, I am the mother-in-law, I am the daughter-in-law of Indira Gandhi, I am not scared of anyone. So who are these strategists and who are these thinkers and what, I mean, what are they thinking? It's just, it's just strange. Yeah, and I don't I mean, know what, like, what goes in their mind and, and they still think that they could you cannot use the Gandhis anymore and get any kind of sympathy. You cannot say I'm Indra Gandhi's daughter-in-law and gain any kind of sympathy. Sympathy? Yeah, I don't know why the they don't get it. It has a backlash. It's, it's clear now. Like the ab absolute hmm. reaction exactly, is like, who, a does, she think, now, who does she think she is? I don't care if you're anybody's daughter-in-law. Well, how's the coverage been there in Punjab, uh, Mr. Sandhu? Well, it has been covered by, uh, by most papers. Uh, I think yesterday it was uh, either the lead or the second lead. Uh, you know, so I think the coverage has been there. But, uh, you know, joining uh, in on what you're saying, I think if the UK was in power, I'm not sure if the case would have played out in this manner. I think it would have played out completely differently. Really? I think even in the courts, perhaps, you know. Hmm. Interesting. But, you know, I mean, one shudders to think if uh, Vadra's case comes to court, hmm. then uh, they'll probably bomb the parliament, <laughs> let alone disrupt it. You know? <laughs> but this is the way it works. I mean, you know, it's, it's just No, but so the sense of entitlement yeah, it is, is, such an, entitlement. is such you an expose. She's touch exposed us. herself more than any sting operation could do. She's exposed their thinking. It's, it's unbelievable that anyone in today's age where the power shift is so clear that the Stephenian, Cambridge, Oxford, English-speaking, yay, woe, everything, are sidelined to a completely different culture. Thank God, Doon ni bola. Doon, <laughs> sorry, Doon, Bulgai, Doon. That whole, it's that kind of club that has been now Madhu, shifted to the... if you read the judgment, it's actually pretty it's damning. You know, it, it just says, I smell a fraud here. And criminality. A criminal intent. So, the you know. case is quite complicated and quite murky. Like, as a political party, you're giving loans to another entity. Now, I have... you're not allowed to. No, you, no, 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 you're, you're allowed to. No, you can't. You Under can. the act, there's an act. But ARP is supporting Congress in this. Act. No, first of all, how do you make a trust into a private company? Now, the thing is, I spoke to a few lawyers. He said there is obvious criminal intent. Where they will be able to establish criminality, very few lawyers who I've spoken to have said they, they will. They said, it's like Vadra's deal yeah. Everyone knew what happened. He bought land use. He got the land use changed. No, no, no. But the there's, government... there's definitely legality with the representation of people's act. Mm -hmm. How can you this take money from a political party to, to a private company? So you cannot, they couldn't have helped uh, the Associated Press. To the best uh, of managers. Associated General Limited. To the best of managers, they can give loans. There's an act that that's one that's one of the key legal things that he's got them on. We should check. The rest that is hmm. plus uh, I think Arvind Kejriwal in has fact, not there's a primary hmm. in the uh, commented today, at all on the National Herald case. Hmm. Why? And uh, today it has come that uh, our Congress has AAP support in Times of India. What does that mean, AAP support? On the National Herald thing. 
Then what does that mean? It was just a bite. I thought he was against media. corruption. Hmm? It was no, but, but uh, there's no support. It has, it has come that they're supporting them. Like, what does that mean? Like, it has to be, it means that it, it has its support with what? No statement has been made in support of the Herald. No, uh, no one has spoken in support of either Sony or uh, Rahul. It would be foolhardy. I mean, it's not so good. So he hasn't commented on it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. There is a primer in the Indian Express today on the Herald case, which notes this also actually, that uh, as a political party, you can't give a loan. So Congress couldn't have given loan to AP, AJL. That is one of the key... And 2,000 crores worth of real estate. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it's... 90 crores debt versus... They could have easily paid it off with the real estate uh, that they had, but they didn't. Although, I, I, again, I will look at this. If it was that open and shut, there wouldn't be a debate about it. But I was watching an interview given by Indira Gandhi in 1978 when she was out of power to a British journalist on YouTube. And he was asking similar questions like, why did you put Muraji Desai in jail? Why did you put so-and-so in jail? Why did you remove this? Why did you do that? And the Shah, he had the Shah Commission report in front of him, which damned her completely. And her arguments were exactly what Rahul and Sonia are saying. <laughs> exactly. That they, they, it is vendetta. They're taking revenge. Look at the person who they've put in charge. This was a man who was against me from the beginning. And I superseded him. She admitted to superseding a judge for her own purposes. She said, I superseded him. And then they put the same guy in charge. So naturally, he's going to be vindictive. So it's the same old shit. So they're learning from... Their Best. mother and well, I mean, grandmother you know, and mother. Justice Sinha, who delivered the landmark Allahabad High Court judgment, yes. uh, you know, saying uh, Indra Gandhi should be removed for six years, uh, is guilty. Uh, she called him a petty judge. Hmm. So, uh, although just one thing that you know, everyone says, are you saying contempt of court? That I find a bit problematic. Uh, that you know, when they use this, you know, because this is a double-edged sword. And uh, Mrs. Andhu, you know, you can also just come in after that before we move to the next subject. That whenever someone questions a judgment. Whether it's Patra, whether it's anyone, or you know, if, even if you know someone comments that you know this would have played out differently, is that contempt of court? A, I don't think it should be because I don't think it is a contempt of court is if you assign motive to a judgment. B, even if someone criticizes it, when you use that defense, you are strengthening a very, very primitive and a draconian law, which is this, uh, which in India, which you have contempt of court. So I find it very problematic when people who would <coughs> support freedom of speech and a more liberal, you know, uh, narrative well, as far as uh, debate is concerned, public debate, use this. Oh, so are you saying it's con uh, that? Then you're doing contempt of court. A, technically you're not. So first get contempt of court right, especially political party spokespersons because they are, from them is what the rest of the people learn. And B, if you're saying that now, remember it can be used against you. Same thing what Arunab Goswami, uh, Goswami did when he was saying that that document should be banned, which is on error in DTV. That can be used against you. So it's a very problematic argument to come up with, in my view. <clears throat> no matter which side of the divide you're no, on. No, it's not... Uh, it's maybe shorthand for saying that when Rahul Gandhi says that it is vendetta, it means that a court, a judge, a court decision is being influenced by the government in power. So maybe contempt of court is the wrong word, hmm. but it's really I, implying being political I is that what he I said heard. it is the court uh, that is doing the vendetta, Mathu. No, he's I not think, saying that. Yeah. But when you say that the government is is carrying out vendetta, when the government has not, oh, yeah, government has not taken any action against the Gandhis, it is the court that has. That means you're implying that the government has influenced the court. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Mr. Sandhu, any 
observations yeah, on I this think, before we move I on? I think, uh, you know, when you're just criticizing a, a, a judgment, it is no contempt. It is only when you attribute uh, uh, motives. And in this case, I think uh, when, the, when the Gandhis were critical of uh, the, you know, whatever is happening there, I think a lot of that uh, indication is towards Subramanian Swami. You know, I think that's what they are, they keep saying, uh, you know, when they, that he, the way he's going after them and all that. So I don't think it is so much about the judge, uh, you know, that's what I, the sense I got from the kind of reporting uh, I read. Right. Also, uh, coming to, we'll come to other cases such as the Salman case today where he's, yes. you know, he walks free, so the courts move in mysterious ways. But before we come to that... I got a nice joke on that. <coughs> okay, save it for the end because that's our last subject. That's the last thing we'll be talking on because our song is also dedicated to Salman today on Anand's advice. Uh, let's just uh, move on to that debate about Chandan Mitra's remark, which <laughs> led to a Twitter storm. And uh, India Today TV did a, uh, the 10 o'clock, uh, Shiva, Shiva Roor hosted a debate about that. Uh, Madhu, did you see it? Did you know what the storm is? Or no. should Anand tell us? Anand, why don't you tell us first? I, what have, it's I didn't see the debate, okay. but I know a little bit about the, the storm because I think it was all... Uh, it was Barkha's hmm. doing. It was on Barkha's. It was on yes, buck stops here, and she kind of cornered uh, Chandan Mitra by asking, "Who's a BJP MP? Who's a BJP MP? Um, is he an MP or is he? Um, he's an MP. He's an MP. He won the election. Okay, right. Uh, so she asked, um, "Isn't it true, uh, Doctor Mitra, that uh, this government uh, heeds the view of uh, the social media supporters?" You know, so basically trying to say that, you know, the more uh, outrage there is on social media, on a point of view, the government listens to it and then changes its tack accordingly. So, uh, <clears throat> A, I don't think that's true. And uh, Chandamitra should have said so, that I'm not aware of any example where the Twitterati have outraged so much that the government has changed its position. I know the one. Ban. I know Sorry? one. The pawn ban, <laughs> where they pulled all the pawn sites down and then there was... What about such an uproar? Uh, what about uh, backing out of the uh, interview? <laughs> news laundry interview. News laundry interview. Oh yeah, was, of course. Okay. That was from Twitter. They didn't want uh, partly from Twitter. Modi to appear on an NDTV, hmm. a show co-hosted with the hmm. with led NDTV by Madhu Kishwar, yeah. who wanted the first interview. So who called me up and said, "Dekhna, tumhe bhi dikha denge aur usse bhi dikha denge." I said, "Auntie, mujhe chhod do yar. Main <laughs> Huh. But so, I mean, I mean, so, do we, for example, just just on that thing, uh, do we know that Narendra Modi kind of chickened out because of the outrage? Well, it isn't social? a. I mean, so, as a scientist, we cannot have a conclusive view I on anything except math and out. science. But on this, like on all other political issues that we do have opinions on, uh, I, don't, I, I am fairly certain chickened. that uh, it was because of a certain backlash, or he thought we'd you know back out or whatever. No, 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 no. I think it was a backlash as well as two uh, other channels calling him up, uh, calling his people up and saying, Disaster why are you giving Roga. it first? We have to get it Either first. Either way, so I, I just so think... Those competitors. My problem with the debate that followed was on, on uh, India Today, that, you know, I, I tweeted also that, Chaloji, now there's another constituency that, you know, the complete loonies on Twitter trolls are a constituency for viewership. You were giving legitimacy to actually the worst of the worst as far as your support base is concerned you know like the like the joe, the joe the plumber support base that you know bush the republicans what do you had. think kamar uh, that, well, that's I what a debate like that does it's, it's quite was... interesting that uh, you know he should be saying that uh, twitter is being used by people who have nothing better to do 
but yet he he thinks it is important to to express an opinion on this so that only means <laughs> that he himself uh, also joins those band of people who have nothing better to do actually <laughs> backtracked very backtracked <laughs> very interestingly he's backtracked and what he said is yeah. that my comments were based on uh, were actually directed towards anti bjp huh. supporters because they do it because they have nothing to do bjp <laughs> supporters they have nothing because they do the bjp supporters have everything uh, but big uh, media taking this up as a serious debate was just distressing that was another low i think in issues being completely but i mean i don't know i think it was a it's an interesting debate because of the you know does social media influence sure. the government decision correct so i think th- as far as that is concerned yeah. it was which a, i don't think is always uh, uh, it's not always a bad thing hmm. because say something like se- section 66a if people are ranting against it i think the government should listen absolutely and chandra was specifically talking about foreign policy sure. what his point was that we are not going to decide on pakistan based on what people have to say on twitter which is sure. very legitimate he i mean and he also said there's a great sounding board though to know what people yeah. think or whatever so he wasn't really dissing uh, twitter rt altogether but you know this quoting of tweets and making articles is actually now a very general widespread phenomenon i mean today the, i saw a piece in the dna where it seems chetan bhagat has yeah commented on uh, some uh, ki why, why are women being given this leeway for this odd even number he's coming with thing. all sorts of formulas does that like mean that the men uh, are not uh, you know assaulted or raped or yes. raped or whatever actually yes i don't know chetan bhagat what country you live in but uh, i think yes as a man in delhi i have never felt insecure or unsafe at night no matter what condition of dress undress intoxication i've been in so i don't know dude what city or country you live in but that's the dumbest thing to say so i think it's a bit attention grab i think it's become he's, he's a bit of yeah, yeah attention yeah it's become like an attention grab i was about to thing. say he's become an attention whore but would that be sexist yes okay sorry okay is that bad uh, attention gigolo attention gigolo okay uh, whore is gender specific <laughs> i i'm just curious no no it isn't actually you can be a male whore yeah so right so right. let's not call him names poor fellow no i'm just atta- yeah. it's a, let's not call him names <laughs> i think attention seeking bore <laughs> yeah attention I mean, on the on the article so you know this this huge article in dna started with chetan bhagat's tweet and what they're doing is now so earlier it used to be they, they would display the tweets and then they would have this uh, you know something written so story ideas words. go on tweets find a tweet and write it but now what's happening is the story is based on the replies that people are giving to chetan bhagat of the trolls yeah it's, that's yeah. that's a standard formula for it's, article pioneered by was, huffington post usa yeah but, but this the style is, has been like so they're been, naming the troll and yeah. then they're right. saying so now this guy uh, x whatever this thing now he said this to chetan bhagat he's and you know some of them are very offensive but and that's put in an article so but that's the one they those, choose but that is a time pass article but it won't be a front page story in, in serious media but a prime time debate on this you see you can do a little story on this that's fine but time pass ke liye kafi cheeze chalti hain sorry manisha you were saying no i was saying uh, yeah. uh, okay let's move on to the odd even formula since that's what uh, arand <laughs> mentioned as a non delhiite okay all of us are interested parties so we'll come to our opinions later Uh, what do you think sir what do you think of this odd even formula since it doesn't impact you as a non interested party well not exactly i mean whenever one goes to delhi it will affect us because we have to drive drive into delhi just come on the right it, day it's it's pretty pretty odd actually because uh, you know i don't know where they got this idea from so you have to have they got it I, from all the other countries they couldn't huh. come up with this huh. themselves huh. you know because i thought maybe uh, you know if they could introduce uh, maybe a one way traffic in some places they could uh, introduce congestion charge like in london or something but mm-hmm. this odd even because you know they you expect everybody to buy two cars one with an odd number and the other with an even number 
or no, no, I don't know how on the other day when you can't drive, what do you do? Because we don't have a, a great public address system as of now. Hmm. I mean, a lot of places are not even covered by, by, by our metro. So how do you expect people to actually reach that place? Guarantee the next business success will be... Manisha, no, they've made it free. You Num- can get a number plate change free, of course. That's one of the things that one of the proposals are there. No, but people will keep two number plates at home. Oh, you get chalant for that. Change huh. the. Huh. So the so common. Why are you living in? It's a little odd. I don't know uh, why the people in Delhi are not really reacting. Uh, they, they, I think they react. Because we're so polluted, we're desperate. Ke kuch karo. Actually, they're reacting. I'm quite impressed with how positively many Delhiites are responding. Yeah, because we're desperate. Uh, Manisha. Um, so the commie in me is always happy when the privileged are inconvenienced. <laughs> so I'm really happy that uh, boohoo, like oh sorry, you have to take public transport. Even people Most with people scooters and motorcycles are just saying. Yeah, but it's but the car no, guys. There's no public transport near noise. my house. Hmm. There's no metro near my but house. But then once, uh, when you have this, the government will have to make sure that there's public transport. Until unfortunately, till the privileged are not inconvenienced, nobody is going to do anything about it. On the women's security issue, I think it's a really flawed way of looking at women's security. You know, that you should be allowed to drive your cars or you're safe in your car. You don't achieve security like that. Uh, you can't put me in a car or in a capsule or an all-females compartment and ensure my safety. And security for women is not something that I should be able to have if I can afford a car. I don't have a car. I should be able to take the public transport. I should be able to take the metro. You just have to make it safe for me. So, and I, I think, I don't know how many women in Delhi, uh, I think maybe less than 10% of women drive cars in Delhi. Hmm. Majority of people, their reality, day-to-day reality is that they take public transport. So it should be so secure you can't, no matter what. I mean, you can't talk about security in this. And I think the Kejriwal government should just go ahead with this. And if there's a backlash and if there's an inconvenience, then figure out, tweak the well, rule. he said that he's not frozen. But he's already he said, tweaking everything. It. Already he's so scared. He's like, nahi, chalo, women ko exempt kar denge. Uh, Sundays ko karlo, eight but to no eight final karlo. decisions have been taken on this yet. All these yeah, I think we should just one of the ideas that somebody then... gave Arvind last night, which uh, yesterday, which I think he's going to look at, is that different offices at a book launch where you were. It's not like you were having no, a meeting no, with him just I, for no, 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 viewers. No, no, no. It was at a book launch at a no, no. This wasn't at a book launch. Achha, okay, sorry. This was a private conversation that Arvind had with someone, hmm. and uh, he suggested to him that. Uh, decree that certain offices take different days off. Okay, so that you some offices take Tuesday, Wednesday off instead of Saturday, Sunday. And spread the day offs across the week, which has been done in other countries. So there, the traffic then gets, when two, when a large section is off, off the offices road. are off the road or schools have different days off, it's, it changes the okay. pollution. Anand? I, I think it's... It's just ridiculous. It's harebrained, especially in a city like Delhi, with the most horrendously inadequate infrastructure as far as you know transport is concerned, with rickety buses, inadequate buses. Metro doesn't work round the clock. The you last call mile. these rickety you buses. You should to... have seen them in the fifties. No, the buses 60s. are fine. Yes, yeah. actually fall over. Right. Right. The, the low-flow buses yeah. are great. There's nothing yeah. wrong with Delhi buses. Inadequate. They're not. They're hardly. Yeah, but then that's what I'm saying. Once you, so what I mean get around is, fixing these problems. This is, this is exactly what I mean. Not just buy a so car. We have, okay, Parliament says we'll have 20 IITs. You know, so we have five IITs which hardly we can make them work. But pandra daldi usme ab wo dekhenge pehle shuru karo, shuru karo. You know, this is this is the way. Uh, I'm afraid revolutionary mindset. You know, like uh, you have a camp on a mountainside, che Guwara. Ki let's do this impulsively. Now, if we go by data. For example, if you go by pollution, okay, and in fact, I had written a piece on this, 
where I had said that dust, road dust accounts for 31% of PM10 and 9% of PM2.5. Cars mm. actually just okay. account for 10%. So today the latest study confirms this from IIT Kanpur. It says dust and trucks and two-wheelers beat cars as daily air killers. 35% is actually dust. Hmm. Road he's dust. taken a decision on that. On that also. But yeah, let Anand finish. There's, there's a decision, a decision on, that. on that as well. Because, uh, vacuum I know cleaners some, lying here. I know somebody who told him that the more, more pollution is from the way it's swept. So that vacuum, and that, that, that is also on one of the vacuum. proposals fact, on. That's a high court judgment on this. You know, somebody has gone to court that why are people sweeping uh, roads in the morning? That's causing things. And High Court has actually... Uh, it can uh, happen any time, but yeah, that is one of the proposals as yeah, well. Yeah, so, then. I mean, it is ill thought out. It hmm. is not... That's when the judges are For a city for like Delhi, now, now, it's, not, it's not Singapore, it's not London, it's not Paris. First, you get the infrastructure right, then you think about which segment is causing the most pollution, and then you go for it. Pehle aap shuru ho gaye, dekhenge. You know, so, okay, we'll see, there's always been experimental. Well, impulsive, so revolutionary. I think, but I think the thing is, I'm all for this. I think it's a fantastic idea. And I think the three months, which is, and I have an air quality monitor in our office. And every morning when I come, I see the air quality that I'm breathing. I think the months when this happens is, and A, it is not being touted, or it's not supposed to be a long-term solution. When you see what happened in China, when you see what happened in Paris, Hindustan Times has an article where they have listed when it is tried and what happened within four days. Even in Beijing, it wasn't like the majority of the pollution was from uh, cars. But that you can deal with. That can be dealt with immediately. And you need to deal with it in November, December, Jan. The rest of it can be dealt with in the long term. And the results of having traffic rationing of private cars dramatically reduced this. And if in these three months, it can help me from not breathing poison, the long-term solutions, they're not mutually exclusive. But you cannot do anything about the dust in the next three months, which is when it's worse. You cannot do anything about stopping trucks, then where will the vegetables come from? You cannot. This can be done, a solution can be found. So I think, for, for me, this is the best idea. And if it doesn't work, you know, the long-term solutions have to I think so to too. Happen. And I think they will have to fix, get around fixing uh, infrastructure issues once you have rules like that. Otherwise, it's just, just buy a car. Like demand that mindset, or supply yeah, will, it will happen. There should be more buses. <coughs> there will be more buses. They you will have to do, do it before. Because you see, get ready. You get the, you, once you just declare IIT Banadi hai, you get the infrastructure, you set it up. You have an, uh, everything should be ready for people to move to in. To be fair, I think Delhi has a fairly good connectivity compared to any other city. It in cannot terms be of metro, Singapore in the buses. next 40 years, in which case we cannot deal with pollution for the I, next 40 years. I don't years. think it'll be such a... We cannot be Beijing, uh, uh, Shanghai in the next 60 years. That means we can't deal with pollution. But, but Abhi Dandan, is there any other place other than China where they have where they have tried this? Yes, France. Okay. Mexico. Mexico, and there within a day actually it started showing lower levels. But so, what what the, I mean the report. And the actually, main thing is also he has suggested carpooling, which I think is an yeah, easy thing to do. If it can get do. people to carpool. Yeah, that is because a lot yeah, of people from uh, nearby areas go to that the is same office. One of the and I think carpooling is. I know my husband is doing it. Okay. Madhu, now you wanted to discuss New York Times opinion piece on the Muslim drill. Uh, so why don't you start what the piece is about and... Uh, no, actually we had talked about doing this, uh, uh, the NDTV reported in um, the drought where people are forced to eat grass. Yeah, we can do that one as well first. So let's do and, that first. Um, actually, funnily enough, what struck me in that, which won't struck, strike anyone of your generation, is that when we used to do these stories, the starvation levels and the images that we used to see was like Oxfam baby posters. 
It was really shocking. Right you know. now, you're talking about an NDTV report on Bundelkhand Rao. Yeah, and that when part. I saw the children eating rotis with with a pickle or with nimbu and all that, to me of my generation, they were upsetting. Yes, that they were eating one roti and all that. But when I compare them to the kind of stories where we used when we used to go into villages, where skinny, literally starving kids mm-hmm. with pot bellies, worms, trachoma in their eyes, just ill and actually starving uh i think it's a funny thing to say but at least it's not that but i'm glad that ndtv did this story and more of these stories should be done in fact i say i i Although see I, i'm not too sure i think india is one of has the highest uh incidence of malnutrition amongst children yes, in the world but so malnutrition worse than sub saharan africa no, so no no absolutely i i know that but what i'm saying visually from what reporters, reporters of my age yeah. were used to seeing in the 70s 60s and 70s were absolute starvation and children i mean today in uh, when you drive from one city to another and you drive through villages you see yeah little babies who are barefoot whatever but their fat little legs and milk drinking and inoculated there is a change which doesn't mean that these pockets don't exist and maybe large famous... pockets because if you look at the statistics they're horrendous that 75% of of people are living in in abject poverty and also there's this famous incident where rajiv gandhi went to a village in odisha yeah. and he was given food and grass he was given roti and or just grass to eat i remember that because that was when i was a kid and this is what happened So there was also like this village in Orissa where they were apparently surviving on mango kernels. Mango kernels, yeah. which was which was That's a right. big story. The Times of India yes. broke at that time. There's been another story on Bundelkhand earlier as well. I think this region seems to be, you know, struck by droughts very often, or the administration does nothing. Where they were eating ground weeds, and that was leading to stomach aches. This is about I think four or five years ago. I saw this story, but I do. I mean, I will give it to Vasu. Uh, Shrinivasan Jain, who goes on location, I think he's one of the few who's still doing stories like this. I don't see many so-called senior star reporters, जिन्हें कहते हैं ना आजकल, go okay. out and do such stories. The story though was first uh, uh, highlighted by Khabar Lehria, which mm. is a uh, newspaper run by only women, mm. and they are based in Bundelkhand. So again, it highlights the importance of having local, regional, strong reporting. And then Scroll picked it up, and then NDTV picked it up. Great. So Khabar Lehria really kind of highlighted the farm distress. Uh, in Bundelkhand. See the link to that story as well. Um, uh, how about you, Mr. Sandhu? Did you see the story? Any views? Yeah, I think um, one uh, such stories are normally first reported by the local papers, and then the main papers uh, pick it up. I remember in way back in eighty one, eighty two, there was a quite a serious drought situation in Rajasthan in those days, and uh, you know. we noticed a small item in one of the rajasthan papers and then we in the industry tried to follow up we sent a team i i mean i i went there myself to cover this so i think that's quite a normal normal thing but in such situations i'm not sure what exactly can be done i think the basic thing is that you know i remember in, in rajasthan the government was trying to send in drinking water and things like that but beyond the point i don't think really the governments can be blamed really right that's my opinion um yeah madhu should you more on the new york times opinion piece on the yeah. muslim drill you want to discuss yes, it there was tell a, us about there it there was an opinion piece uh, in uh, the new york times written by wajahat ali he describes himself as um an indian pre-partition um and uh, it it's in response to donald trump saying that uh they should bar all muslims from entry and 
they should be registered at the database for Muslims. on a database on Muslims. So uh, he made his own uh, he made his own card of registration hmm. in which he listed his skin tone as caramel mocha, his his ethnicity as Bollywood, hmm. and his religion as Sunny Side Sunni. <laughs> It's a nice piece. I, I read it. I yeah. think it's it's and um, it's well argued. What do you think? I thought um, I, th you know, it's. I think it's horrible to be a Muslim in America. It's not a good place to be at this time. Um, As opposed to being a Muslim in Afghanistan or yes, <laughs> or, or in India. the Middle East. And incidentally, somebody had WhatsApped me a message uh, of a Muslim uh, a group who had. In Canada, in uh, Ontario, I think yeah, in Ontario, had sent a message to the school saying that they don't want beef, uh, they don't want pork to be served in the school canteen. Mm. And uh, the school principal wrote a rather moving response, saying that um, you have come to our country and we welcome you, but you have to understand that you have to adjust to our ways. We are not going to adjust to yours. Uh, we will will continue to serve pork because uh, if you don't want to eat pork, that's your choice. But it's our choice to serve it. Hmm. And if you disagree with this, there are huge tracts of countries and lands which are sunny and beautiful, in uh, who are Islamic, who would welcome you and please go there. But in our country, we, the reason why you have come here is because we have the freedom to do what we like. Right. And we will not follow your strictures. So, but how... Serious, you think? Sorry, do you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, I just want question. to... How I mean, serious are Donald Trump's Trump. chan chances, yeah, it's just, you think? Uh, it's just so unbelievably... He's leading bigoted. the Republican I mean, this race. is, you know, it's like almost like Nostradamus saying that, you know, in the... Uh, in 1933, a man called Hister would take over hmm. and uh, he would then be killed and then he would be reborn as Ronald Dump in 2015 <laughs> or something. I mean, the guy doesn't make sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed how people are making the, drawing the uh, similarities with what Roosevelt did, mm. you know, when, uh, after Pearl Harbor. Mm. That wasn't based on any religion. And even though that was wrong, it was in my wrong, opinion. Exactly. It was, of course, wrong, but and it actually, was not... actually, Donald's is not based on religion. It's more just ethno-fear. But it is religion. It's, it's Muslim. Muslim. I mean, he's saying all Muslims. It's no, not... Mexicans. Yeah, That's not that, religion. Yeah, I mean, the, he wants to put a big... I love that no, part. No, the way he said it yeah. was like a child. Like, if I asked... My granddaughter, like, what would you do? I will wall. build a big... Uh, it would be the biggest wall I'm ever. I'm going to build a big wall with a little door for the Mexicans to come in. And incidentally, they, they, they're now... I think the American press is now busy digging out old interviews of the Trumps, so Ivana Trump as well. And in one of the interviews, they, they, uh, Ivana Trump is supposed to be saying that um, this guy, is, his bedside has books like Mein Kampf and, you know, he reads... Hitler and things of that sort. But I, I do think, uh, A, one thing that amuses me is that Trump's utterances find a lot of resonance among some of the usual suspects online who are hardcore, far-right supporters of Modi. And I'm like, dude, if you're agreeing with Donald Trump, you're doing a great disservice to your side here. So I don't think you've thought it through before you're saying he's and got Donald the right Trump idea, really we should think of that idea. Uneducated. That's the one thing that strikes you first, that he's uneducated. Can I, can I say something? Sure, please. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, uh, I went through this uh, article, The Muslim Drill, and, uh, you know, it kind of uh, uh, reminded me of, uh, you know, the 80s and the 90s. 
uh, you know, in the light of what happened in November 84 when Mrs. Gandhi died and there was uh, anti-Sikh violence in Delhi and a lot of other places. Hmm. So I remember in uh, 1991, I think it was May or something, uh, when Rajiv Gandhi died. Right. Then he was he was assassinated. Uh, you know, there was a there was a blast in Tamil Nadu, and I remember this was late at night, and I was in Amritsar, and we had some relatives uh, actually traveling in uh, in Tamil Nadu. And I think the whole, we spent the whole night actually praying that, you know, uh, I hope it's not the Sikhs who have done it. Right. <laughs> After one such experience. True. So, the, the, you know, the Muslim drill, I think, is quite understandable, you know, yeah. with what's going on If there. I may ask, uh, sir, do you uh, wear a turban? Yeah, I wear a turban. I see. Uh, I mean, as a journal, I mean, did you ever wonder, uh, and I ask this and you, you know, feel free to not want to comment... Uh, I'm not a Sikh, but I, I guess I have a affinity to Punjab. Uh, but I always wondered when uh, people like Arvinder Singh Lovely and, and uh, Prime Minister Manmohan Singh, when they took over the Congress and until two years ago when he apologized, I think 2012 is yes. when he apologized, how uh, did they not get slotted like... After 2002, when the BJP would put Shahnawaz Hussain and Mukhtar Abbas Naqvi as spokesperson, and there was a general, you know, people used to say, Bhade ke musalman leke aaye hai, to put out the Muslim face of the BJP. How come the Sikh face of the Congress never wasn't given that kind of treatment? I mean, can you explain? They were not given what kind of treatment? That kind of treatment, the kind of disrespect that, uh, you know, uh, Mukhtar Abbas Naqvi or Shahnawaz Hussain got after... 2002, you know, following that as being the Muslim faces of the BJP, they got a certain disdain from the community. How? Well, uh, uh, yes, it, that did not happen because, you see, the, the Sikhs were always a part of, uh, the turbaned Sikhs were always a part of the, uh, the, part of the Congress uh, from the very beginning, perhaps. Hmm. So that may have been the reason why that did not happen, you know. Uh, but I... <laughs> But I don't know if a lot of people know this, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, Prime Minister Manmohan Singh, after 84, the anti-Sikh violence in Delhi, hmm. I'm told he had, uh, he had actually, he sold his house and he bought a house in Chandigarh, actually. <laughs> you know, wow. this is something he doesn't want to admit publicly, but this is what people close to him uh, tell me. But the disdain wasn't there because, you know, the congressmen were always a part of, the Sikhs were always a part of the Congress and they, they, they remained there, a lot of them. I see. But, you know, just to fleetingly come back at uh, to uh, Donald Trump, I mean, are we forgetting that Bal Thackeray has probably made equally uh, bigoted statements, if not more? Hmm. So it's not that Donald Trump is an exception. Uh, I mean, but, if you he, remember some of the things Bal Thackeray has, occurred, uh, has uttered, I mean, they're unspeakable. Which is why it was, no one was under any illusion that he'll ever be a national leader. Yeah, he would always remain I think that makes a difference. At least yeah, we've not had someone like that contesting million people. And you it's not find, Finland or Sweden. Actually, you could find a parallel of everything that happens in this country, in America and the United Kingdom. Whether it's corruption, or whether it's some loony fringe, or whether it's some conservative who's fighting, okay, you st start Bible study, and another thing, stop Bible study, you can't teach religion in it. The, the arguments, the struggles, the fight, kill porn, ban porn, no, porn has to be, all those arguments exist in other countries. And so we have a Lalu, we ha they have a Donald. Hmm. But actually, um, the Pankar Gupta has a very nice piece in the Times of India today, where he says why Donald Trump makes us look like a really nice democracy, precisely because we at least haven't had a prime minister, a contender to be a prime minister who's said things like this. And we won't ever. 
I mean, for now right. at least. You won't have a serious contender saying Muslims should be, you know, whatever. Yeah, but Stop you know, from. I mean, uh, uh, population of Maharashtra is 112 million, you know, and if you think of uh, uh, France is 80 million, I don't know, Germany Bigger is 80 million. Countries. So, you know, this guy, uh, Bal Thakre was the de facto chief minister of but Maharashtra. But I think everything exists in a context. Like here, there are certain states that are, you know, way more populated. Uh, anyway, will you winding up now? Thank you so much for joining us, Prasandhu. Great story. Thank you, Kamar. Thank you thank very you, much. Thank you. And, Enjoy, uh, enjoying being part of the discussion. Yeah, pleasure having you on Hafta. Bye-bye. And uh, for the rest of our um, viewers, uh, I just plug once again, when the public pays, the public is served. When corporations pay, corporations are served. Click on I pay to keep news free on www.newsroundy.com. Uh, support independent media. And we have a special uh, offer right now that if you do subscribe under the Game Changer category, you get a free copy of News Laundry's graphic novel, Amar Bari, Tomar Bari, Nakshal Bari, written by Sumit Kumar. Also, check out our podcast, uh, Global Summits, Where Are We Going, in collaboration with Birad Swain. And uh, is there anything else this panel would like to share before we wind up with the song yes, of the day? Yes, I, I would like to ask Madhu the last four digits of our number plate, please. Huh? <laughs> double you guys two, double all... two. Okay. Double two, double two. You have like all twos. Is the VIP number? Really? Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, I heard no, even VIPs would be exempt. <laughs> <would be exempt. laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I heard even VIPs would be exempt from this. The Hindu reported today. What? I hope VIP? not. Yes. Like mean? a VIP car. Oh, you have please. A VIP. No, but that's but ridiculous. But on his radio spot, he says no minister. I hope exempt. not. Like the Hindu front page today. But that's not all. Claimed. That is exactly. not right. Oh, he's coming on the radio. So I thought it was Prashant Bhushan who was coming on the radio spots as well. <laughs> <laughs> that no. is really not I right. just uh, wanted to point at the Bombay Times headline today, hmm. which is Deepika Padukone's interview. And yeah, Deepika yes, Padukone and Bombay Times have this history. It's in Delhi It says, uh, I could be naked in front of Ranveer and I know he will never hurt me. Yeah. She was talking about being emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Naked in terms of her emotions. But after the quint and they just trashed <laughs> them on it, they have corrected that and on Facebook they are pushing it, Times of India, where she says, Emotionally, I feel secure that I could. They have qualified and they have. But yeah, their first instinct was the Times of India instinct, which was to make but it. But quit yeah. correcting them. Yes, <laughs> times are changing. <laughs> but uh, the last time I checked, it was still the same, the headline. You should read the supplement of Daily Times as well, which is the main paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll wind up today with this song, which we dedicate to Salman Khan. Salman bhai, you've got away. Uh, oh, I... can I tell my joke? Yes, please tell you your joke. What, what, who was actually drunk? The car was drunk. So that's, that's the verdict. The car was drunk. That does not amount to contempt of court. For those of you who may be saying, oh, those committed contempt of court. But that's an old habit. That's an old <laughs> habit. Yes, although she has been hauled up for contempt of court once. Uh, anything you want to share? Which song would you like us to de dedicate to Salman, Anand? I, I mean, I knew very few uh, songs of Salman Khan, but I think Didi Don't Tera... you lie. I have seen you at night rolling the streets huh? with a bit of selfie. No, how about, how about good old Didi Tera Devar Diwana? I think that's a okay, good song. How sweet. No. No? <laughs> Any other? Something more dangerous oh, for Salman? I thought you had a song. No, I just thought we'd figure one out. Okay. Ask Madhu. How about from Maine Pyar Kiya, his first film? Okay. So here, <laughs> this one goes out for Salman Khan. <laughs>
all new episodes of NL Hafta on newsdonry.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook.